Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. All right. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, my name is uh, Jesse, uh, senior pastor here. How many of you guys are new? You've never been here. It's your first time. You're just like, check this place out. Awesome. Couple new faces. Rose, I know you. Awesome. So you, second time, hallelujah. All right. She came back. We did it. <laughs> hey, we, um, we, uh, we, we radically love Jesus here. Um, that's, that's the best thing I got, we got going for us. Um, we're all about him. Um, last week, if you were here, um, we, we did kind of a little bit of a, a, a shared discussion here a little bit. Um, at the beginning of the year, we really felt like we wanted to reconnect people to where we're going. Um, I just know that um, if without, without vision, uh, the people go unrestrained. Without, uh, that's in Proverbs. Without, without, without a vision, people perish or go unrestrained. They're literally, without, without knowing where we're going, everybody just kind of wanders around. And so um, we actually, we all want to go somewhere. We actually have a lot of vision for where we're going. Um, we, wanna, we honestly want to just bring Jesus to every single person in Orange County and, and the whole region and the nation. So to get there, though, we all kind of have to be on the same page. Otherwise, we may go somewhere that you don't want to go, and that wouldn't be very fun for you. And so we want to make sure we're all on the same page and going forward. So last week we talked about, we shared what our, 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 our vision was to, to really just reach, reach Orange County with the gospel and to transform the, um, the, the region. And, and specifically, our mission is encountering, we have three parts to our mission. The first one is encountering God together. This idea that uh, a man with an encounter, a man with an experience is always better off than, a, uh, than just a, a man with theology, with a, with, a, with a doctrine. And so we want to have an encounter with the living God. Um, that's our first priority. Number two is we want to equip powerful people. Um, audiences don't change the world. Um, empowered people that are being healthy and transformed, being activated in the gifts of the Spirit and the love of God transform the cities. And the last one is transforming culture with the love of Jesus. So we're not just going to try to create our own little ecosystem, a little, a little biodome where we all love each other and we're doing Jesus together. We want to get out. We want to transform the school systems, the government systems, the, the business systems, because uh, they're all really, really important, right? How many of you guys have a job? Right? You recognize how important a place you spend eight hours of your day. And so we we're, we're absolutely want to be focused on these areas um, that don't look like the church. Um, maybe more focused on them. I don't know. Um, but today, today um, we're doing kind of a part two and three of our DNA class that we started a, a few months ago. And I honestly, I'll just be real with you guys. I got a little impatient. I just wanted everybody to go through it at once. So I just thought, let's just talk about it together. Because I think the first couple times we did it was so powerful. Um, and the feedback and, and that we got from people was eye-opening. And it, it, I recognized how much people got it when we started talking about what, what we're about more. So today we're going to talk a lot about the aspect of our community that looks like family and community and friendship. And so um, I, I actually really believe that um, friendship is not something people teach about. We never... Well, It was top heavy. All right. What's the Lord trying to tell you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> top heavy. Don't be prideful. All right. We have fun. Amen. The thrill of church is fun. If we're not having fun, God is not the problem. Like the little kids are running around up here. fun Yeah. Honestly, if this wasn't fun for me, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I, I have a lot of fun worshiping and, and dancing and, and, and being around people I love. Um, so today what we're going to talk about is how to have fun as a family. Um, it'd be really easy for us to do church and church structure and come in, sing some worship, hear a message and go home. Um, but that, we, we kind of decided from the beginning that that felt boring to us. And there's a lot of people that are doing that really well. And, and we'd rather not reinvent something people are already doing. So we really felt like we wanted to go after what does it look like when we really put family as our number one filter. When it's our number one goal is family. And everything comes out of it. The evangelism comes out of family. Outreach, um, uh, um, 
praying for one another, you know, miracle signs and wonders come out of family. So that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But really, what does family look like? Because we may use the word family a hundred times today, but it doesn't mean we're, we're, it's going to make any more sense or it's going to mean something to you. We all have different places of family, right? Like we, if, we, if we started thinking about it, and I'm not asking you to, we could, we could literally find, we could, we could think of all the negative things about the family we had to grow up with. Even some of us had great ones. We have an expectation. When you walk into this community, you have a bag with you that's filled with expectations about what this community, what community looks like, right? Some people, I remember one person said, I, it, it took me a while to, to enter into worship because I wasn't used to people standing up around me. And I said, yeah, I, I can imagine that being a little jarring if you're not used to it. And so she says, I had to close my eyes and focus on Jesus, and then it was okay again. I recognized that he was here, and I could worship him without, without worrying about what people did. But we all come in with some kind of a, an expectation. So that's one thing that we're doing today, is we're trying to rewrite expectations of what family looks like. All right. So we're going to jump in, um, and I'm going to hand the mic off a little bit as we get into this. Um, and if you guys want to add to something um, that we didn't already rehearse, feel free to jump in and grab the mic. Um, Rehearse. We, we rehearse. <laughs> okay. So, we, um, Jesus, can I pray real quick? Um, I'm always prayed up, but it's good to invite you guys into that too. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for uh, <laughs> freedom. You've given us freedom. All of our chains are gone. God, I thank you, Lord, that your presence is here so strongly, so beautifully, and so uh, just so wonderfully, God. And I just invite everybody here, God, that they would just recognize your presence in this room, that you would be the best speaker, you would be our senior pastor, that you would be the leader of this community, God. Thank you, Father. Yeah, and just help us, God. Help. <laughs> help us to keep having abundant joy and having fun in all we do, God. Yeah. So when we started this community, we started it from a house. We started it from a home. It was, our, it was, it was Jessica and, and, and our house, and we, uh, we, we had a home group. And, and I kept saying this again and again. I don't say it very often here, so I want to repeat it. I used to say this all the time in this home group that we had because it felt like it made the most, it, it made the most difference. But I'll say it here. My vision, my personal vision, if you want to know what Jesse's vision is at, at the core of who I am for our community, is that someone new would walk into this room and within four minutes they would feel more love than they've ever felt in their life. Four minutes. Okay, it doesn't give us a lot of time, but I think we can do it. Okay, but that's my vision. If, we can, if people can walk in here and feel more loved than they've ever felt in their life, we can do whatever we want. We can, we can, we can preach the, the toughest messages. We can see the, most, the greatest miracles and not worry about offending people because they will feel loved and accepted in, in, in a house, whether they know them or not. Does that make sense? And it's not the job of one or two people, of a worship leader, of a leader. It's not, it's not any one person's job to make that person feel loved. It's family, right? And so, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things about, about, you know, when you, went, when, you walk, when, you, when you meet your friend's family or your girlfriend's family or your wife's family for the first time, you know, I remember walking and meeting Jessica's family, and I, I couldn't believe how inviting they were. I felt so relationally connected instantly. They want to know who I was, all these things. And so I want to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about how do you make people feel welcome and how do you yourself step into this place where you start to feel like you're part of the family because there might be people here that although you're here or surrounded by people, you don't really know what to do with family. Um, so how do we build community now that we're larger? Um, one of the things that's really different about our church and and. I, I say different. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't been to a bunch of churches, so I'm kind of assuming some things, okay? I've been to a few churches. I didn't grow up in the church, so I don't really know what all that structure looks like. But one of the things we've intentionally built is, is, is we've actually... I'll just read it because I'm having a hard time. One of the things that's really different and can be difficult for many people at present is that we're asking you to partner with us in creating community. Okay, so what, that, what we're not saying is that we're going to create community for you. We're not going to set the table for every single person here and tell you exactly how to be connected in community. 
we're actually, that we're actually asking you to do what's probably most normal and natural in life is asking you to create community around you. We're asking you to partner with us. So yes, we're going to provide time for you to pray for each other. We do that from time to time. We're going to create time between services. We're not going to dive into another service 10 minutes after the last one ended. We're going to create space for you guys to develop community around you. Some of us were like, I don't want to, I, I want to I be held. My, I want you to hold my hand and I want you to take me to somebody and I want you to deduce me. And then I want you to, I want you to tell me what's special about that person and I'll, I might, some of us, that's what we need, right? I want to, I want to encourage you, like that's not what we're building. One, because if we build it that way, everybody will rely on a few people to lead them into community. Wow. And, and I don't, and that becomes, that to me looks a lot more like an organized church organization where we create an audience instead of a, a, a group of powerful people. Wow. Does that make sense? If you don't believe me, just trust me a little bit that this, this works, okay? It does work. It, it's new because we, we, we don't trust people to do community on their own. But we're starting from the beginning. We don't have a big ship to churn, turn. We don't have a thousand people that we have to now change our, everybody's paradigms. We're starting with the paradigm that you guys are going to create community. Okay, what that, and so, um, because when, when community is created for us, it doesn't always produce the healthiest version of ourselves and often revo- results in actually fewer healthy connections. If, if, if we're going to create community for you, it's really, we're, we're, we're going to be the powerful people in this relationship, and you're not going to feel very powerful, even though you most may feel fed and communi- communified. But when we, I'm literally, we, we literally want to put a demand on your ability to make friends. I want to, I, I, it, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh. I, I want to put an expectation that you are powerful to become a healthy person that can make friends with the person next to you. And even if you're not that healthy now, I believe if you hang out long enough, you will be. Because we're not in this for the, for the two-week thing. Right? I'm in this that you're going to stick around long enough, worship Jesus the, you know, the best way you know how until you become healthy. Right? The Bible says that it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's in Matthew. And then it says this, love your neighbor as? Love your neighbor as? So, which means that if you can't figure out how to love you, if you're not healthy enough to fall in love with yourself, it's going to be hard for you to fall in love with the person next to you. It's simple. I get it. I get it. It's not complicated, Jesse. You're not doing going very deep here. But but this is this is if we put if we don't put an expectation on ourselves to become healthy and get out of our shell, even though it's a little scary sometimes, and ask the person what their dreams are next to you, you'll never learn how to do it. You'll just become codependent, and you'll always just you'll want to know who they are instead of wanting you wanting them to know who you are. So honestly, so I'm encouraging you guys, our community is designed by nature to produce a healthier you versus create the healthiest community. Because if we can create a healthy you, we're going to have a healthy community. And if we can have a healthy community, we're going to have a healthy region. Think of it this way. Transform people, transform culture. Does that make sense? But creating a bunch of worker bees... To go out and do things in culture doesn't actually transform the culture. It just becomes a good, like, Samaritan's thing. So I'm going to talk about three different things about community. One, I'm going to pass it off. Um, One, community takes personal responsibility. Doing community the way we really want to see this community thrive, and, and it is thriving. I really believe that. I'm excited to be here. Some of you guys, it just humbles me how much, how highly you think of the people in here. And, and it takes personal responsibility, though. It, it takes that that you're actually going to ask somebody how they are. Ask somebody, what's your name? It's 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 kind of like we're, we we want we want you to. I want to teach you guys how to slowly learn to do friendship, okay? And we're going to talk about friendship in a second, but it takes responsibility. It takes someone saying, you know what? I'm going to own, when I walk through this door, I'm going to own this, the, this community, the, the healthiness of this community. I feel like I'm repeating myself only because it's really important. 
it, this doesn't work, you guys, if, 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 if you become an audience member. It doesn't work. Am I right? Can I get an amen? amen. Audiences won't create connection. How many people have you met going to the movie theaters? How about the theater, the opera, like the Nutcracker? I don't care. Like, I don't care what it is you're watching. It could be a live action play. It could be a screenplay. How many people have you met and become relationally connected with at a movie theater? And so, like, some of this stuff can feel like we're listening to a message, because we are, because I believe in teaching. I believe the Bible talks about they met in the synagogues daily. It's like, we met in the temple and houses. But the reality is, like, we have to break down this idea that we're walking in, and I'm just going to get mine, and I'm going to leave, okay? I'm going to talk about this later. So, I was in consumerism. Have we talked about that later? So number two, I just want to keep moving because I don't want to get too dialed down. I get rabbit trails. If you don't know me, that's what I do. They're beautiful rabbit trails, though. <laughs> there are lots of flowers. You can stop and smell them. They're beautiful. <laughs> Am I doing the question of the time? I am, right? Okay. The other thing I want to talk about, and this is a no-brainer, but it's gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be light bulbs turning on all over the room, I promise. Community, and let's just talk about friendship, takes time. Everybody say this. Friendships take time. Let me ask you a question, you guys. And this isn't rhetorical. I'm going to ask for answers, okay? Um, What does a good friendship look like, right? What are some qualities that you guys have seen in your current friendships? What is it? Love. Okay, love. I love that. What's that? Respect, right? The person respects you. Come on, shout it out. Service. service. What do you mean by service, though? <laughs> Contributing. You're, it's his first day here. Come on. <laughs> I'm just, I don't mean to embarrass you. Okay, service, contributing, right? They're, they're taking part in this relationship. They're owning it. What else? What is it? Fun. Hallelujah. Trust. Trust. Wow, like, I can trust you, Right? What's that? Giving a harsh word. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Right? But I can't, I won't receive a harsh word until I trust you. Right? Like, I don't want to know what you you think about me until I know how much you care about me. Right? And that takes time. All right. What else? (laughs) But amen. Harsh word. What else? Empathy. Empathy. They're they're going to sit with you in painful places or joyful places. What else? Listening, honesty, compassion, dedication, accountability. Come on, this is amazing. We're doing this. We're doing church here. (laughs) Forgiveness. All right, so how long, you're going to laugh, how long did it take you to develop some of those things? Years. Months. Lifetimes. And we're still creating this stuff, right? How many of you guys have relationships where your trust is just starting to come into a, a really nice place? Like, I just now feel like I can ask them tough questions, right? That takes time. It takes time. We often come to church, though, and say, I'm going to get connected here. I'm going to find my people group. And after maybe two, three weeks, we're like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling connected. I'm not feeling trusted. I'm not feeling they care about what I have to say. I'm not feeling relationally bought into. And yet, we probably spend maybe five to seven minutes on a Sunday working on this stuff, don't we? Some of us less, because we just were like, oh, got it, I'm out. (laughs) Some of us more, you're like laying in the back, right? But here's the deal, guys. It's going to take time to develop the connections that we all want in our church family. And, and I, I feel like oftentimes our expectation is I'm going to come in and I've got friends for life inside of four minutes or whatever, you know? And that's not realistic, right? It's not realistic that you're going to meet someone at a Starbucks and, and in a 10-minute conversation feel like I'm known by this person. 
And so that's one of the big things I want to, I just want to throw it out there. Like, let's be thinking about that. As we grow here, relationships take time. It takes risk. You actually have to start cultivating. You have to take responsibility and ownership. And the last thing I'll talk about with, uh, with communities is how do you do community? You do it practically. You don't do it through programs, although that can help. Practically, friendships look the same, right? Hey, how do we, how, I, I met Ben about what, eight, nine months ago when he started serving here. We, uh, um, and I, I just, I, I liked him. I liked being around him. I liked how he set chairs up next to me. I'm like, I like you. And I said, Ben, can we hang out sometime? And so we get to have lunch every now and then. Why? Because I, I have fun hanging out with Ben. But I had to ask for lunch, right? I had to, had to, but I was already eating lunch, right? I was already eating lunch. What are you already doing that you can invite somebody into? Me, I'm here at 645. Like, hang out with me. Like, I, I'm, I'm, we're going out to lunch after this. Who wants to come? Easy stuff, right? Easy stuff. We're going to the movies. Who wants to go to the movies? You can take small steps. We're going, we're walking to my car. Who wants to walk to the car with me? I'm already walking there. Greg, come with me. Let's do friendship, right? Like, baby steps, right? Baby steps. Like, don't ask them on vacation with you, right? Hey, I got an open room. Move in with me. Let's see if this works out. No, it's like, so anyway, so that community takes practice. And now Nicole's got um, a few more things too. So good, so good. Move in with me. Yeah, please don't ask a stranger that here. That could be weird. Um, one of the things that we value at Presence is mess. Who has ever been in a messy situation with family? Yeah? I've uh, started teaching my kids. I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. I've started teaching them how to clean up their messes. And I get super excited when they actually do it because I'm like, oh, Life is going to be so much easier when you know how to clean up your mess. Easier on you and me. It's a win-win situation. Parents, can I get an amen? So one of the things that as we talk about community, and you'll hear us use this word family, I'll go into in just a little bit more as to what that means to our heartbeat. But we really value um, cleaning up messes that happen within relationships that happen within our community, not running away from messes, not bouncing out because we're scared or we're not quite sure how to do it, but actually just trying, taking those baby steps, like my little kids, and, and cleaning up mess, and, and if not knowing how to do it. We have a great teaching on our podcast, gosh, it was probably six months ago, um, on brave communication, so that's a really good resource, and obviously you can reach out to us on, on how to clean up messes, but our goal is not to clean up your messes. It's to empower you to live powerful lives, to be able to do it yourself, and to, to teach others around you how to do it. Um, there's a, a proverb that I just love, so I'm going to read it to you. If you were in the DNA class two this previous uh, month, you heard it, but it's really good, so you can hear it again. It's Proverbs 14.4. It says this, and this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, the only clean stable is an empty stable. I want you to think about this for a second. The only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to, an, and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. So that tells me, Passion Translation again, if, if you want to go back and look that up, that in order to actually fully um, see an abundant harvest, we're going to have a mess to clean up. Because, right, if you've ever had anyone over for dinner, multiple people, maybe you've had family dinner or Thanksgiving or whatnot, there's kind of a big mess afterwards, right? Because there's a lot of people there. But really good things happen. But if you didn't clean up afterwards, that wouldn't be very fun, and you would probably not want to have them over anymore. And so messes aren't bad. And so when we say we value messes, it's we value the cleaning up part. We value the you being the light of the world and looking differently as a church body, as a community, as a family. Um, and so that's, that's something that you'll hear us talk about a lot. The term family, um, I think I've been in church long enough to know that it can oftentimes be overused and not practiced. 
And so we walk into to, to churches or, you know, communities, ministries, and we hear this term family tossed around. And honestly, it's like a really fun, cliche thing to use. Well, of course, we're going to be family. But like Pastor Jesse was talking about, you don't really feel family when you go to the theater. You go with your tribe, and you leave with your tribe, and you don't meet anybody or talk to anybody. And that's actually not family. And so when we use this term here, um, we use it in a different way than you might be used to um, or have seen done well, I guess, in a church. I know lots of churches do family really well. Um, But here we take it a little bit more seriously in growing you, empowering you to be powerful people, like in in our values, changing the world, transforming culture, um, and cleaning up messes. Okay, so being a family doesn't always look like the Brady Bunch. Although, did y'all ever watch that show? They're a little crazy. I don't know why people refer to them like as the happy Brady Bunch. Anyways, um, but within a family, you you know, there's, there's accountability that happens, Um, I think last week we talked about if you receive a weird prophetic word, an encouraging word from somebody, and it's not so encouraging, you actually get to be powerful and hold that person accountable and let them know, actually, you know what, that's not really sitting super well. I'll pray on it. I'll think about it. Um, But the way that you said that kind of, I I felt hurt when you said that. Really um, being because you could, let me, let me back up. You could come here. Somebody could give you, I have a word from the Lord for you. And it could be weird. Okay? That doesn't reflect us. I promise. <laughs> We're weird in our own strange ways, but not in that way. Um, but you get to step out as family. If your sister or your brother or your aunt or your uncle said something weird to you, I hope you say, oh, auntie, that was kind of weird. I don't know why you said that to me or help me understand what you meant by that. That's what family would do. If you're not family, you say, okay, thank you. And you're like, I ain't going back to that place. They're weird. Somebody gave me a weird word. And then you, you, don't, you don't necessarily clean up that mess or confront that thing. Does that make sense? So you all hear me say this. You all have permission to be powerful in the way that you communicate with the person sitting next to you. And we do all things in love. Right, so we don't yell at them and tell them they're stupid and wrong. We say, hey, when you said that, I felt this way. Help me understand what you meant by that, because that didn't sound like the Lord Jesus to me. And we get to grow one another in that. Another thing that as we talk about family, we practice um, is pulling people out of things. Uh, I'm encouraged by the miracle of the lame man in John. Jesus goes to him and he says, pick up your mat and walk. You know that it doesn't say that that man came to know Jesus. It actually says that he turned Jesus in, which tells me there's something about the body of Christ that we can do is kind of pull people out of their junk, and again, in a loving way, letting them know what's available in the family, letting them know what's available in Christ Jesus. So that's one area of of family that we um, try and practice. Another area just because um, this can really hurt the body, uh, but is cutting any type of gossip out of family. Cutting it out. And here's something to think about. If you're the person that everybody comes to to share their stuff, their issues with everybody else, it might be something to think about. You actually may not be speaking gossip, but you're accepting gossip. And so as a family, we just encourage you to say, hey, go talk to that person. The reason I bring this up is because, you know, you you may come to us and you may say, this person said this thing. And we're probably going to say to you, wow, you should go talk to them about that. Right? Because that's what family does. You know, they may not have meant what you heard. Why don't you go ask them? The Bible says to go one-on-one, and if they don't receive, then you bring other people into it. But honestly, in our culture, that's it's kind of a hard thing to do because it's easy to just blast people on social media or to take offense and run with it and not seek to understand. And so in this family, if you come to us and you say, we heard this or someone said this, we're actually, we don't get offended by that stuff. We're like, oh, wow, we know who we are or we know what God's doing. Go talk to them about whatever that situation is. We'll encourage you as a family. We'll encourage you to go and talk to them one-on-one. And if need, we can, we can sit down, you know, further down the road. But the, the goal is that we don't get to that part. 
Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your out of your mouths, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit. Everybody say benefit. It may benefit those who listen. When I read that, I thought, okay, does everything I say to people benefit them? If it doesn't benefit, maybe I shouldn't say it. Because it says only what is helpful. What is unwholesome talk? Something that does not benefit the person hearing. So let that be a family filter almost as we begin to talk to one another and meet one another and share what God is doing here and in presence and all that good stuff. If it doesn't benefit, let's just not talk about it. If there's a major concern, obviously you can come to us. But as a family, we would just encourage you to act called higher, to act like lights of the world, to act like people that have been transformed by the Holy One to be holy and righteous, to walk that out. So those are just a couple values as a family. When we use this term, what it means. And if you have more questions around that, you know, you can, you can come in and chat with us. But family is, is a super important word that we're going to practice in different ways. Another, another way, a really practical way, is um, presence connect. Anybody on Presence Connect on Facebook? This is incredible. It's just kind of like an organic Facebook page. We don't monitor it too, too much. Uh, but people that want to go to the theater or need help moving, uh, the plows are going to be moving soon. They, they oversee our joy team. Um, so we want to help them. We want to serve them. But this is a place where family, it's almost like a group text family message. Anybody on a group text with their family? My family is crazy. They're in Kentucky, so they're three hours behind, and they'd be texting me at like four o'clock in the morning. But if there's a need or if there's family dinner or if there's something going on, there's a group text happening. And so our Presence Connect is a place where you um, can, can meet other people in the community and, you know, hang out together and do dinners and, you know, have yard sales and get help moving and all that fun stuff. Those are just, that's just one of the other ways that we've created a space for you to come into family and to feel known and seen. That's good. It's funny. I, I, I recognize that I, I'm kind of extroverted. And so I, I have, I, I have a way with words, you might say. I use lots of them. And so sometimes I definitely, but the whole gossip thing I recognize, like, I need to internally process more stuff um, rather than processing with other people. And by the way, like processing with a friend about something you're having a hard time with somebody else isn't inherently wrong. It's if, if you're processing without, without a direction for a solution. Does that make sense? So, you know, I may process with my wife, but if I'm just, if I'm just complaining and, she, and, and she's saying, okay, okay, honey, I'm really sorry you're feeling that way, without saying, honey, did you talk to her? Did you talk to him? Then, then it becomes, it just becomes a, it becomes a dirty root. It becomes a bad root that I'm growing in me. And that's what gossip does. It actually hurts you. It doesn't hurt anybody else so much. As you just create this festering thing in you. So I encourage you guys, if you're hearing gossip, the best thing you can do is show compassion and then help them take it to that person. That's a lot of times what I do. I'm like, let me, you want, you want some help on, on confronting that person? Because that's scary. I get it. But let me help you. What could you say? So that's, that's a lot of times what happens with that. Um, the well, next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to give it to Chris to share a little bit more, is I shared this once, if you were here, and we talked about family about, gosh, eight months ago. Um, I love this analogy of family um, being like a, a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I, I think about times that I felt really connected to family, like even with Jessica's family. When I would go to her, her, her houses um, for, before we were ma- married, um, they, they, they threw me right in. Hey, Jesse, would you set the table? I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I'll set the table. I don't know where anything is, but I'll set the table. Sure, like, where's the plates? And, or, or something like that, right? Or, Jesse, would you mind uh, uh, um, taking the dog out to go to the bathroom or something like that? So just being thrown in. One thing I, I love uh, is a guy named Banning Leapshire, a great guy um, uh, there at a church up in Sacramento called Jesus Culture, and he has this great analogy, and I'm just going to steal. I'm going to rip it right off. Um, but it's this idea that family looks like, on a Sunday morning, can look like a Thanksgiving, Sunday, a Thanksgiving meal. Okay, so what do I mean? So in Thanksgiving meal, when, when you come home, right, to your parents, some of you guys live with your parents, awesome, that's beautiful. Um, but if you, maybe, maybe you're at college, maybe you just got accepted to Westmont, you're going to come home, and, and you're like, uh, and so you come home, and, and, and the first thing they do is, like, they give you a potato to peel, right? Why? Because potatoes need to be peeled, right? Because grandma makes her, her sweet potato casserole, right? And, and the potatoes need to be peeled. And so you say, sure, I'll peel the potatoes. Why do you say, oh, sure? Because this is your family. 
right? This is what, I mean, somebody needs to peel the potatoes. Otherwise, we don't get the casserole. And so you start peeling potatoes, you know, I, you're sitting there, you know, and you may not feel called to feel, peel potatoes. You may not feel like it's your gifting to peel potatoes. <laughs> you may not have felt called by the Lord in a vision. Jesse, I want you to go peel potatoes. For through this, it is my all delight. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you may not feel called to set the table, but when you're asked to set the table in your family, it's not a, it's like, of course I'll do that, right? And so everybody on a, on a Thanksgiving meal, everybody has a job, right? Everybody, either, either you're, you're setting the table, you're peeling potatoes, maybe you're boiling water, maybe you're making the casserole, maybe you're doing the, the you're, you're making the meat or you're cutting the meat. I, I know that that was like the, when the first year my parents said, Jesse, it's, would you cut the turkey? And I was like, I had to think about this for a second. I'm like, the responsibility that was being handed to me, I'm like, where's the knife? Actually, it was, where's the electric knife? Because we had one of those little, <laughs> I remember opening the case up, and there's the electric knife, and if you put it together, does anybody else have to use electric knives? It doesn't feel very holy and right, but it, it sure works well. Um, and so, so you, may not, like, you may not feel called to do certain things, but, but, so, so, but we're all pitching in together, right? And when you're asked to do something, don't you feel like, wow, I'm being included in this thing, right? This thing of family. But, but in reality, there's a few people that, that aren't expected to do anything on Thanksgiving morning, right? Like, so we have a son, he's three, and a, and a daughter named, uh, named, named August, and a daughter named uh, Reagan, she's six. And, and on, on Thanksgiving morning, they're running around playing with their Lincoln Logs. Like, I don't expect them to do anything, right? Like, I expect them to be kids and have fun, right? Now, if she wants to, Dad, can I help set the table? I'm like, yeah, here's a fork. Go for it, bud. You know, um, but, but kids, we don't expect them. So people that are new, they're maturing, they're growing, they're, uh, you know, I, I get it. Like, we're all at different levels of where we feel like we're part of a family. The other group of people that don't usually do it is the visitors, right? Well, like, hey, it's my friend, Sarah. She's in town from college. She came over for, how many of you guys ever have friends over for Thanksgiving? Right, every now and then, right? We don't, we don't really put them to work all the time, right? Sometimes it's kind of like, a, like, hey, no, you just hang out. Just chit-chat with us while I peel, peel potatoes. Hang out. You're like, you're a guest, right? We don't expect you to do anything. We want to serve you. We want you to feel like, like this is kind of a home away from home for you. And the last group of people that probably don't, need, probably don't do anything on a Thanksgiving is, is, is the uncle on the couch watching TV, right? The weird uncle, right? He's just, he's just sitting on the couch. Maybe he's drinking a beer. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he's drinking a whiskey sour or something. I made my first whiskey sour the other day. It was really good with maple syrup. Um, never, never had one. Can I, can I say that as a pastor? I just had one. Don't judge me. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what some of my hobbies are, okay? So not, not that it's drinking, but like mixing things and food and stuff. I'm way over my head right now. All right, so. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. We'll edit this part out. Um, it's live, but that's okay. So, but, but see, there, there, there are some people, they're just, you know, they're just, they're not in a place to help, right? He's just. We all have those uncles. We have people in our family that we just don't quite expect them to do anything. But, but they're family, so we invite them anyway, right? So the heart behind this is that, is that I, I love this idea of a Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving Sunday. <laughs> I'm trying to recover from that. Um, but here's the deal, guys. Say you're peeling potatoes, but here's really what happens. You're peeling potatoes, and you're in the kitchen doing something, right? It's not my calling, but I'm doing something. And before you know it, I look over and I see, I see my, my sister maybe making the, uh, the, the casserole. And I'm like, that looks like, I want, that looks like fun to me. And next year I ask, can I make the casserole? And they're like, well, yeah, of course you can. You've been doing such a great job with potatoes. Absolutely. It's good. And so as we start doing something we may not feel called to do, you are going to find what you're called to do. Some of us are trying to figure out, what am I called to do? And you're doing nothing. And we're trying to figure out what to do with our lives, but we don't even have motion. We're not moving. We're not even, we're not even peeling potatoes at this point. And so sometimes, and I mean, I'll be honest, I love peeling potatoes. So I, it's not a big deal to me because it's family. I know why I'm doing it. But so the point is, is that this is what family looks like to me. If family doesn't look like that to you, 
it might be hard for you to connect with this family. Because I really believe it's, it's not normal for people to keep coming to a Thanksgiving dinner and not want to help out. And not want to be a part of the magic, the gold that's happening. And the reality is there's something that happens when everybody chips in together and, and makes something magical happen. There's a camaraderie that happens. I was in the military for nine years and I didn't necessarily like a lot of it. I still don't like the idea that I would ever have to get up at 5 a.m. But, but when you show up and everybody's getting up at 5 a.m. together and everybody's on a ship for eight months at a time together, it's like, oh, that was the worst. But I love these people. There's a camaraderie. I don't just show up and I leave. I'm actually serving. I'm giving. And, and, and we're, and we're, we're going to break out of this. I swear we're going to do it, guys. We're going to break out of this consumerism culture that somehow pervasively came in and made it okay for us to take and not give all we have. Because the culture of Jesus says he gave everything for you. That the Son of Man did not come to, to, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for the many. And so he, Jesus would walk into places and he didn't ask to be served, although people served him because of the leader that he was. Um, he was just a servant leader. He was an amazing leader. So um, as we grow bigger and bigger, guys, it's going to be, apparently, it's going to be more and more clear that for us to stay tight as a community and family, which is my heart, we have to start chipping in together and setting chairs. That's how I met, met, that's how I met Ben. Right? I, I served with him. I, I, I set chairs up next to him. And, and we just laughed. We had fun together. Um, and so I, I, I wanna, I'm asking Chris to share on serving. He, uh, Chris has an, uh, an incredible um, school that him and his team have been really building called Activate OC. It's on Wednesday nights. A lot of you guys have been there. And he shared on serving, and it was just really good. And I wanted, to share, I wanted him to share a little about what he's, what he's learning about all that and what he's seen with God. One of the reasons it's been easy to kind of partner with this vision and the community here is because Pastor Jesse is one of the greatest community builders I've ever met. And those of you that have been around him for a little while would recognize that. Yeah, you can clap for him. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, it's actually true. I've, I've gotten to walk with this man for 12-ish years and just watched, you know, God continually uh, do amazing things. I love the message this morning because this message isn't just about coming here on a Sunday or just building a local church. It's actually a message about life. Serving is life. You quoted it. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Uh, when I first came to Jesus uh, in a real radical way, I I'd had encounters with God growing up, but it wasn't until I was 19 that God called me. He says, Chris, you say you've given me everything, but you haven't. I love you so much that I'll let you keep living the way that you're living, but you know the end of it. And in that moment, I recognized, wow, Jesus gave everything to me, and I'm only giving part of life to him. And uh, it just hit me really deep. It's two days, I got delivered of all this junk going on in my life, rolling around my apartment in San Diego. Um, it was awesome. Pastor Jessica, she uh, wasn't a pastor at the time, but she called me out on things in my life. She gave me a friendly rebuke, and we've been ever friends ever since. I was wearing like a surfing t-shirt with a girl in a bikini on the back of it. And she's like, so now that you're super saved, are you going to get rid of that t-shirt? Um, I did get rid of the t-shirt. Thank you. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know it was on the back. You know, there's things that are going to be on your back that you don't see, that other people see. And the word says that open rebuke is better than love concealed. That's what community does to us. When we connect with other people, when we allow ourselves to be spoken into, we will actually become the things that we're always meant to be. Is that okay? You want me to say that again? When, when we allow ourselves to be spoken into, we'll become the things we've always been meant to be. Because Jesus sees us in our purest form. And as the people around us see us in our purest form, they'll actually call us forward into what we were called to do. I love that you said serving a vision. You know, if you don't know what you're called to do, serve someone who does. And you will begin to see the things that you're born for. Because those people around you will begin to speak into your strengths. During that time when I was 19 years old, I, I went to a church and the people around me were setting up chairs. So I set up chairs. For three plus years, we'd set up chairs. We'd get there at 6.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning. We'd set up chairs. We'd show up early to the prayer meeting and set up tables. We'd show up early to everything. All of those things. I told God in that season of my life, I said, God, I'll do anything for you. I left career. I left things that, were, things that I could have pursued. I said, God, I will wait tables 
if I can just share your word with people. And you know, that's actually what pastoring is. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. A, a great pastor who I admire, amazing man of God, travels all over the world. If I said your, his name, you would probably know who he is. He says this. He says, if I go into a public restroom and it's dirty, now, he actually used it as a third-person example, so he wasn't sharing about himself, but I know that he was sharing about himself because I know him. He says, I clean it because he's positioned himself to be a servant of all. Um, go with me. We're going to read a verse from Scripture here in uh, Luke 22. Luke 22. Flip there with me. This is okay. You see in this community, we have different emphases, different meetings. We'll pray for healing different times. We'll see, uh, we'll, you know, have each other pray for each other and give each other encouraging words and the prophetic. We'll go after evangelism in the community services. We'll go after different things. But this is community building. That's what's happening in this meeting because you're being knit together in love right now. Uh, Jesus is saying here in Luke 22 in verse 24, it says there was a dispute among them. This is the disciples and Jesus as to which one of them should be considered the greatest. Anybody ever been in that conversation before? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, the kings of the world, exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the servant. And he who governs is he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Jesus wasn't saying, don't desire to be great. He's simply defining what greatness looks like. I've known uh, Ken over here, Ken Azell, for four, five, six years. He puts his head down. I love Ken. Um, I, I got to minister to church where Ken was on the leadership of, and I watched Ken. He was always the guy that was cleaning up, always the guy who was stacking chairs. You know, other people are laying on the floor laughing or rolling around or getting healed. And Ken, you know, if he wasn't doing that, he would pick up chairs and start stacking them. And I love that because everywhere Ken goes, he's simply perceived as a father because he is a servant. Everywhere he goes, he's given a voice. You see, when you begin to position yourself as a servant in every culture that you go into, you'll be given a voice into that culture because servants are the ones that have the most influence. Jesus came as one who laid down his life as a servant, and he is now the king of kings and lord of lords. He was always a king, but he learned to serve like a king. Is that okay? Yeah. I think I'm done. <laughs> Come on. Amen. Um, I want to ask my friend Ben, actually. I, I've picked him a couple of times. I wasn't planning on picking on him, but I did plan on asking him to share. Um, I, I like stories, and I, just, I, I've, I've, I know a couple of you guys have some pretty powerful stories. And one of Ben's stories that I love is that well, the first time he came to this church, um, his world was kind of just turned upside down. His, his, hair, his hairdresser, because he has really good hair. It was long. It was longer before, but I still envy it. Um, but I love him too, um, so I don't, I don't covet. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I, I've got to hear a little bit of his story, and so I just wanted to share it for a few minutes, just kind of his experience of, of, of what he's done when he first got here. How did he, how did he become who he is now? <clears throat> so I'm Ben, for people that haven't met me um, Wow, there's, there's kind of a lot there to that story, so I'll try and keep it short. But um, <clears throat> I had came, come out of a relationship that was kind of bad. There's obviously still good stuff in it, but I wasn't in a good place, and I had not been going to church for a long time. And uh, for those of you that know Kristen, she does a really good job of cutting hair. And uh, she's a close friend of the family, cutting my hair for like maybe 10 or 12 years, somewhere around there. And... Uh, you know, since we were such close, or since we were so close, I was, and I knew her faith and everything, I was like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a new church, so uh, do you have any recommendations? And she's like, actually, there's this, uh, there's this really cool revival weekend thing going on at Celebration, and then on Sunday, the speaker's coming back to our church, so why don't you come down and check that out, and then we'll go to church together. And so that was Dan Moeller. Um, so if you haven't heard his message, it's absolutely amazing. Um, basically took everything that I thought I knew about Christianity and turned it, turned it on its head and broke it down to the simplest piece, which is just like, um, you know, just love everybody. Um, so that totally blew my mind. And I was like, you know what? Um, geez, you know, I, I really want to like understand that more. Like I want to, I want to understand how to be that and, and show other people like what I'm just learning just from that one day. 
So I came to Presence, and I think, uh, yeah, you know, someone, maybe it was you, I can't remember, somebody asked me if I would uh, take chairs down one day, and I was like, sure, you know, and I actually had a really good time doing it, talked to a few people, and um, they were like, hey, you know, you think you could set up next weekend? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, just show up at seven, no big deal. And, um, you know, I kept meeting more and more people and getting more connected, and I was like, you know what? this is kind of fun. Maybe I should just start saying yes to everything. And um, so that, that's kind of been my secret is uh, <laughs> like every time, um, every time someone at church asks me to do something, I just, I say yes, unless I absolutely can't. Uh, and it's just been such a cool experience. You know, I've been able to meet probably like 20 different people. We talk uh, at least through text, uh, got involved in a group with Jesse on Fridays, just so much different stuff. It's, it's totally kind of uh, shifted how I see what church is, and it's got me super connected with a lot of different people. So, I mean, it's been awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of land this thing here. Um, yeah, do we have time? Stephen, are you still here? Where, where? Yeah, Stephen, come on up. I want Stephen to share too. Is this so? It is okay. I, I don't need to ask. Um, I've got the mic. It's it's okay. Um, yeah, I just I, for lack of time. I, but at the same time, I really love Stephen's story too. And I, I just it's just good to understand because I I never I never helped out with church before, ever. It was never a thing to me. I didn't understand. I don't understand why 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 people would volunteer until I became part of a family that I really cared about. And now I'm like, it's, I'm a yes. Like, I am a total yes man now. I'm like, you want me to, you want to talk on the phone? Yes. You want to meet with me? Yes. You want coffee? Yes. Like, I, and I, I do it because I'm just in love with my family. So I just love hearing stories from people because it helps us connect. Hi, I'm Steven. I help also with the setup teardown. Kind of similar story with Ben. I was Coming from, I never served in a church before. I'd always just go, I'd attend, and then I'd leave as soon as they said, you're, you're dismissed. Um, <laughs> like, don't, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, I'm out. <laughs> um, and so just when I came up here, I was just kind of in a position where just, um, I'd gone through like kind of a, a tough season, and I just like, I knew that I needed friends, I just didn't know how to do it because I was terrible at doing community. Um, and Nicole, <laughs> she's basically like, hey, but why don't you just like show up and hang out and do chairs? So I was like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> Uh, I was in the Navy at the time, so I was like, you know, working, that's, that's easy, something, that's something I could step into. Um, and just like a year and a half later, you know, I have this amazing family that I'm a part of. Um, and like, just kind of what Ben said, you just start saying yes. And it, was, it was awkward at first. You just kind of like show up and you might just sit there and just be like, all right, I don't know what to do, but I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's just literally just as, as Jesse was saying, it takes time. Um, like if you look at growth as far as being like a, a pottery wheel, like it takes time to like slowly curve off all these different things in your life and become like the shape of what you're supposed to be. And it's not always comfortable, but it's, it's completely worth it. And anyways, you just keep pressing into it and you just let the process happen. <laughs> he has a blog. You should follow it. Um, it Proverbs says, let another man speak well of you. So I'm going to speak well of Stephen right now because he didn't want to do that. But, um, <laughs> I've noticed in Stephen's life, through him just partnering with where God is moving through this community, I've watched extravagant growth happen in his life, but also extravagant opportunities. Stephen got to lead a missions trip with Jordan, one of our uh, first missions trips that the church sent out to El Salvador, and he got to speak at a pastor's conference, seeing miracles, seeing all this kind of stuff, pastors getting filled with the Spirit, all these amazing things. See, something happens as we position ourselves to lay down our life for other people. And this is a great place to practice that. This is a great place to participate in that. So I wanted to honor you, man, in that, because that's incredible. Yeah, so just honor him one more time. And Tanzania, you're leading another trip. If you want to go to Tanzania, he's leading a trip. Um, So I'm going to kind of land this a little bit. Um, Just love you guys. I love, the, I love the way you guys have made this great. The plan was never that one or two people made this community great. And um, so I, I love that. Um, this isn't a conference. This isn't a, a conference venue. This isn't a, a church conference. This isn't a, uh, it's not a worship night. 
It's not, a, uh, it's not, it's not an event we go to um, and we bring our tribe and we leave. It's not a, it's not a theater. It's a family. And, I, and I, I'm going to be real. What we consider family you know, is going to be a little bit different. But I hope you understand kind of the road we're walking on. Right? And I'm okay with if you're like, well, that wasn't family. I'm like, I get it. Sorry. That, that didn't come out right or you, you didn't experience that right. But, but overall, we're on this road called family. And I saw a movie um, two nights ago. Jess and I hardly ever get to see movies together, which is ironic if you... If, uh, but but, but we, we hardly ever get to see movies together. But So we did this. We, we, we got out and um, it's out of that or use an H&M gift card that we had. And we thought, and we, we hadn't seen a movie in a while, so we, let's do that. Um, and so it was The Greatest Showman. Have you guys ever seen it? I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I am going to, so don't, don't hate me if you don't, if you don't like what I have to say. Like, if, if, I shouldn't spoil it, so. But the, basically, it's, it's, it's P.T. Barnum's story, Barnum Bailey's Circus, right? It's his story of how he got started. And he said something, and it, overall, it's a great movie. I liked it. It's rated PG, so I can say that from the pulpit. You should go see it. Just don't drink a whiskey and sour while you're watching it. Um, that's like a double strike or something. But one of the things he said, I, I, I loved it, that one of his greatest critiques was, um, of this, this, was this journalist that would basically tear him apart. And he had this whole, basically what he did was he, he, he brought in all these um, different people, right? People called him freaks, you know, the bearded woman, that kind of stuff, right? People that weren't normal to society. And what he did was he basically made a circus, trapeze, like a circus. And, and people were laughing and smiling. And this, this critique says, how do you feel about deceiving everybody? And, or, you know, putting on, you know, basically um, making people pay money for something that's not real. That's what he said. Because, some, you know, the, 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 the tall guy had extra long stilts on him and just little things, right? And he says, well, the smiles are real, right? The joy is real. And, and so, and I just thought, and one thing, and then at the end of the movie, oh, no, that's a spoiler, isn't it? Um, so, <laughs> I didn't think this through. I'm sorry. I didn't think this through. Here's the reality, guys. What he did, just, you can send me hate mail if you want. I'm sorry. Here's the reality is. What this guy did was he invited all these people that nobody liked. He invited people that didn't feel like they belonged anywhere. And he made a family and he called it a circus. And he taught these people how to honor themselves. He taught them how to love who they were, their differences. And, and they said, they may not accept you, but when you make them smile, they're going to accept you. When, you when, when, when you stand up there and you be yourself, you'll know. like you're, they, they, They've accepted you. And whether you like the movie or not, um, isn't the point. But the point is, is that I felt like, wow, wouldn't that be incredible if churches were these places where people like outcasts could come to that didn't fit in, that had these scarlet letters across their chest, they could come to and feel accepted and loved and empowered to love others. And so that's my, I just like, oh my gosh, Lord, can we do that every Sunday? Could we be a place of radical love where we, we embody family that literally will embrace the, the unembraceable. So I want to I I get a little practical here. I at the end of this, we're going to ask people to come forward. I'm going to ask if God's been speaking to you. We've got a few things that I actually want to encourage you guys to start entering in to serving at the church, being in family, being in family. But what I want you to do is I want you to figure out, like, what, what, do, what do you feel like, what do you feel a yes to right now? I'm not asking what you feel called to do. I'm not asking you feel what's their gifting on your life. Ken, do you feel especially called to set chairs up when people are lying on the ground and having encounters with God? <laughs> no, no, it, it, but there's, there was a yes in his heart. There was a yes to Ben. What's your yes going to be, right? And you know what? It may be a yes for a season and then you do something else. But I want to encourage you guys. Like it's, I, want, I want it to be normal when people decide that this is their community, they have a yes in their heart. Yes, I want to sit and I want to, I, want to, I want to stand. I want to welcome people as they come through that door. Yes, I want to make coffee for people because it brings them joy. It makes them happy when they're sucking down Portola coffee. It makes me happy, so thank you. I want, is there a yes in your heart to seeing kids encounter revival? Is there a, is there a yes in your heart for some of this stuff? So... Um, 
So I'm going to, I'm basically making a call for, for everybody in this community. If this is the family that you decide, like, this is where I know I am growing, I want to grow, or something in there. If this is where you keep coming back to, because this is where life is for you, I want to encourage you guys, find your yes. And if you're still trying to figure out, is this, is this my family? Is this really where I feel like God's calling me to? It's really okay not to have a yes yet. It's really okay to not have a yes. Do you hear me? I'm not guilting anybody. I don't like that. I'm not shaming anybody to doing things. I want you to see the yes in your heart and what it could do for you and what it has done for others. So, so those are the two kinds of people I, I feel like, people that are family and people that aren't sure if this is their family yet. And if this is your family, I want to encourage you guys, find a place to jump in. And it may not be forever, but it might be the bridge into what you're really called to do. Is that, is that kind enough? Is that, is that, that's the most fatherly way I can say, we need your help to make this family great. Does that make sense? That's the most fatherly way I could put it. Because I'm, I'm standing up here with a smile. I'm not offended. I, I, I'm bought in. Can we get, um, before, I'm gonna have you, I want you guys all stand right now. I wanna pray for us. I wanna pray for us because I feel like God's doing a bigger thing than just our own little family thing. Um, if, you're, if you're leading one of the ministries, if you can come up um, and just be ready to talk to people if they want questions or something like that. Um, yeah. So there's gonna be an opportunity, basically practically, you can come up. If, the, if you know what your yes is now, I wanna I want encourage you to come on up. And just say, this is what I'd love to do. And the four things that we're really, that this, let me just put it really, really like clear. The four things that this family needs to thrive in this season is, is we need people to make new people and people coming through that door feel the most love they've ever felt inside of four minutes. That's the welcome team. We need people to set up chairs and take and put the chairs away and the little things like that. That's also a big need. The, other, the two others is that we need, we need people to come and be on a team and, and enjoy serving people yummy food and yummy coffee, okay? That'd be the hospitality team. And the last thing is we really need is we need people to love these kids into God's arms, not watch them like it's a daycare, but actually watch them have encounters with the living God. Um, and so that's, 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 that's beautiful too. So if, if you feel a yes to one of those four things, I want to encourage you when we're done praying, come on up. If you also need prayer, we can do that too. But this is really what the family needs right now. If you're a visitor, man, God bless you. You came on an awesome day. You get to go wherever you go to family and church and you get to do family there. Um, it's good. All right, so everybody just, just put your hand on your heart right now. Father, yeah, there's such an anointing today for healing, for healing that friendship muscle, for healing that family muscle, God. There's, a, there's that, that muscle that, that didn't, you know, Stephen said it, God. He says, I didn't know how to do community. I didn't know how. And, and Father, there's a, I, I feel there's an anointing this morning to heal that. I don't know how to do friendship. I don't know how to build connection. Father, I pray for healthy people this morning, God. Little things you're breaking off in today's service. You highlighted areas that we need to let go of, offenses, things that have been holding us back through friendships, through fun, through, through connection. Father, I ask right now that you would take away those fears right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would, you would give them a garment of praise, that you would give them a, 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 a mantle of friendship, God, for you are our first and greatest friend, God. Yeah, right now, just, I just pray, just put, put a prayer on your lips that has to do with what we're talking about. What area do you feel like you really want to see growth happen in? Is it, is it connection? Is it friendship? Is it knowing how to be a friend? Is it knowing how to be a spouse right now, how to be a, a better spouse or friend to your spouse right now? So, Father, I pray, pray for just radical transformation, each one of us, God, as we become a healthy community. Teach us how to hold each other accountable to love and to pull each other out of difficult places. And now I want you to put your hand on the person next to you in, in a very appropriate shoulderly way. 
<laughs> if someone doesn't have their hand on somebody, you can put their hand on them. They probably just haven't, they don't feel comfortable yet, but they can be loved on. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray over them that they would have the greatest relationships this world has ever known. Right now, just declare it over them. It says, you have the greatest relationships. That you will be a, a relationship ninja. You, that I, just, I just pray over that, pray over that person that they will not be afraid of connection of relationships. Pray that their relationships now go to the next level with trust, accountability, with, with, with empathy, with love, with kindness. And now just pray for our church right now. Just ask God to, that he would lead us in this endeavor, that he would lead us. Just pray for this community. Pray for Presence OC right now. Father, we, we thank you what you're doing. We ask for just your, your guidance, your leadership, Holy Spirit, and leading us into connection and family. Authentic, authentic Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we need you guys. We need your prayers. <laughs> we don't want to do it without you. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. God, let's give God a shout. Come on, amen. Um, real quick, I'm just gonna introduce these guys um, and, and what they do. And then if, you're, if you have a yes in your heart today, great. I'm probably gonna ask next week if you have a yes. Um, every week, she says, every week I'm looking for the yes. So just before you move and create a lot of extra noise, just hold on a second. I wanna honor our leaders here. Who is it? Chris Plows, the Joy Welcome Team. <laughs> and are you guys set up? Or? Okay, uh, where's Stephen? We'll do Stephen. Set up and tear down team. So set up first service, tear down if you need to do second service. Awesome. And then where's, um, where's Melissa? Is she here? She's second service. So can we have someone, can you stand in for Melissa? So this is Howard. I am Howard. I'm standing in for Melissa, and I'm taking care of hospitality. Hospitality. So if you, if you feel like it'd be fun to, to meet. Melissa's awesome. She's not here, but she literally, her way of doing team meetings is to invite you over to her house and make really yummy food. Yeah. She's the head of hospitality. Let's just, let's, that's enough said. Um, and the last thing, are you doing kids? Yes. Cool. I'm Saul, and I'm filling in for Natalie doing the kids. So, so if you want to do revival with kids, come here. Um, and, and by the way, Natalie is, is one of the greatest leaders I know. Um, she is literally single, she is taking uh, uh, the, the kids' ministry into a whole new place. They, the kids came out and they prayed for people. We had 15 healings just by the kids laying hands on people. So if that sounds fun to you, come find Saul. So that's it. I'm going to stop talking. I love you guys. You guys are an awesome family. I am humbled and honored to hang out with you guys every Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.